So good to have you. It's good to have Will and Sheila with us tonight, Wednesday night. God bless you for being here. Amen. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. And uh, Wednesday night is a time to deepen, strengthen, and to enlarge our scope. And that's what we want God to do. I would ask you to be mindful of our focus this week. Give me five. What's this week? Five contacts. That's all you got to do. Just contact five people. Bribe them. Beg them. Twist their arm. Tell them Brother Hughes will give them $100 if they'll show up for church Sunday. Amen. Tell you what, I'll do anything. The Bible says go out and compel them. I don't know if compelling is bribing, but I'm, I'm hungry enough, whatever it takes to get them here. If I got to take them out to eat, if I got to give them my parking space, I want some new folks here Sunday. Amen. Thank you for your prayers today and this week. Just because our focus is five contacts doesn't mean we don't want to pray or need to pray. We're thankful for God's blessings. I feel the Lord uh, moving. I know that he's moving because anytime there is great opportunity, there is always great opposition. Whenever you're at in spiritual life, when you're on the verge of a breakthrough, just understand that your greatest battles are going to be fought. When a child comes to birth, the greatest amount of force that can be placed upon that little human body is placed upon it in the process of it coming into this world. And it's no different in any other aspect of life. If you want to grow in God, or you want to get closer to God, or you want a stronger family, or a better marriage, or a better future, it doesn't matter what it is. Every time the birth canal is no different in the natural than the spiritual. It's painful. Sometimes we feel so much pressure on us, we think we're going to crack up, but really we're about to break out. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I refuse to crack up. I just, I, I don't believe that's in God's will for my life for me to have a nervous breakdown. I do believe that you're going to feel pressure. You're going to feel the constraint of the Holy Ghost as you move toward God's divine purpose. Amen. Isaiah, Old Testament writings of Isaiah chapter 54. And I'm going to begin tonight. We're going to look at this portion of scripture tonight and maybe another Wednesday night or two, but I have felt the Lord moving me toward this. And so we're going to try to lay a little foundation work tonight. Uh, Isaiah chapter 54 and verse number 1 down through verse number uh, 5. Isaiah 54 verse 1. Sing, O barren, O thou didst not bear O thou that didst not bear, break forth 
into singing and cry aloud that thou didst not thou that didst not travail with child for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife saith the lord now i don't want to get caught up in 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 details that are not uh, necessarily significant. I don't want to get lost in the incidental. I want to focus on the purpose. And the reason he said to sing, uh, the reason he encouraged them to get excited was because of the statement, for more. Everybody say, for more. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife. So I want you to underline those two words, for more. Everybody say, for more. Sing, O barren, for more. <laughs> that's a message, that's not even what I had in my mind. That's a pretty good thought, though. Sing for more. Everybody say, sing for more. How many of you want more? in 2014. You want more of God? You want more church? Oh, that caused you to think twice. Oh, I was more growth, more of everything. Amen. I'm tired of mediocrity. So this is where it begins. Verse 2. Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, Neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame. For thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called." And everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to talk to you a little while tonight about a prescription, a prescription for a breakthrough. Everybody say that with me. A prescription for a breakthrough. There is... <clears throat> An indictment that is made against the people of God of old that I would not want to ever be made about me and yet I know that it is possible. To me the greatest indictment that could be brought against Israel was that they limited God. Everybody say they limited God. They limited God. God had great plans. God had great 
purpose. God had great desire. But because of their spirit and because of their choices and because of their desire or lack of desire, they limited God. What a tragedy to limit something that is going to only better your life or enhance your life. And so tonight, my, my prayer for 2014 is God, first of all, for me personally, I want to grow spiritually. I, I want to rise to a higher place in my walk with you. And I do not want to be guilty at any time this year of limiting what you have desired and planned and purposed for my life. That's my personal prayer. I don't want to be guilty of putting restraints on God and boxing God in this little comfortable circle that I want him to work in and not allow God to act outside the box. I want God to kick the box over. I want God to bust the sides out because I want more than what I can envision. I want what God has envisioned for me. How many of you want that? You understand, you know, as good as our eyesight is, it's not good enough. If, if I were to ask you to tell me what you see tonight, every one of you would probably give me some, because it, that's an abstract and very open question or statement, but all of you would give me some different thing. And even if you could give me everything that you saw I assure you that everybody in this building would miss something because all of us have a blind spot. According to ophthalmologists, there is in everyone's vision a blind spot. And so in nature, we our bodies learn to compensate, but that blind spot can cause you to miss things. And sometimes we develop spiritual blind spots to where we get to thinking and acting in a routine and a ritual and we, we, we are so accustomed to church and spiritual matters that we, we, we get into this, this ritual of, of service so that we know how to clap our hands and we know how to lift our hands and we know all the words that they throw up we don't even have to look to the screen because we know them, they're in our heart. But we're not really singing from the spirit of worship and we're not allowing that song to do what it is designed to do and that is to transport us from a natural world. You, you understand that's why we do that. It's not just so we can give you an exercise for your lung, but the purpose of our worship is to transport us from a world of limitations and 
hindrances and inabilities and transport you spiritually and in your mind and heart into an atmosphere and into a world where there are no limitations, where anything is possible with God. And so when we put words up there, it's not just to occupy a certain amount of time so that we can say we got our hour of worship in, but the entire purpose of our praise and worship is to somehow pick this congregation up and through means of these songs, open our eyes and understanding to realize that there's a world that God wants to expose us to that is powerful and limitless. And there, is, there are things in that world that if we could embrace them, even though we cannot understand them, our lives would be radically changed. And so God wants us to see his world. And, and that's what I want to happen to this church and to you as an individual. I want your eyesight to be superseded by divine insight. That as much as you see, God sees more. And this is what I've decided. I like what God sees better than what I see. Because what I see, sometimes I, I can see limits to it. I, I look at situations and I think, man, that's just not going to work out. I, I, I don't know how that's ever going to come together. I don't know how it's ever going to be. And, and you work hard and you, you, you do all the right things and you're in the right place, but still that's not enough. And so when you look at that picture, you think this is just not working. I don't want my, I don't want my spiritual blessing to be limited to that world. I want to somehow get connected to a divine dimension. I want to get connected to a spiritual realm where when God lifts me, I can break free from those things that limit me and allow God to be God in my life and in my family and on my job and for my community that I could see a world according to God, not a world according to me. And Israel limited God because they tried to define God in their world while God was trying to lift them to his world so that he could, they, they could see the unlimited blessing. And so they put restraints on God. I, I don't want to be guilty of that this year. I, I don't want my fear or the fact that I've never seen something to put a limit on God so that if somebody steps to this pulpit and says, God is going to give somebody a miracle this morning, I'm looking around and saying, that'll never happen in here. I want there to be a spirit of expectation that says, God, if you're going to do anything, I'm ready right here. You can start right here. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want us to take the restraints off of God. I, and I, I wish that I had the vocabulary tonight to try to express what I'm, I'm feeling in my spirit, but we, we, we have limited God more often than we think. Many times on a Wednesday night, we have limited him. 
Oh, yeah. We come in here and our bodies are here, but nothing else is. The light's on, but ain't nobody home. Yeah. And God has planned. The Bible says that this is the day the Lord hath made. I, I love that verse because in the Hebrew, the word made is the same word that is used in Genesis 1 when the Bible said, and God made the heavens and the earth. It means that with his hands, he crafted and formed and designed and developed for a specific purpose and with a specific design in mind. So this is not a random Wednesday. This is a God-ordered Wednesday. A Wednesday that is packed full of God's power and God's opportunity to do great things. And if we're not careful, we can come on a Wednesday night when we've got an opportunity to open our heart and just kind of half-heartedly go through our little routine and ritual. And Well, okay, Brother Hughes, you're doing good. You're almost, okay. almost time. Jason's is calling. And leave this building without ever really experiencing what God had planned for us for that night. I don't want to limit God like that this year. I believe that we're going to have a breakout Wednesday night. I believe that. I believe that there's coming to this place on Wednesday night when Brother Joey hits the first key, something's going to rupture in the spirit world because somebody walked in the door and they came in in that attitude and spirit of expectancy that this is the day the Lord hath made I just wonder what God has been up to today for my good, for my family, for my help, for my future, for my life, and for the life of this church. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. I don't want to be guilty of putting restraints on God and what God sees for my life and your life and your family and this church. Amen. Praise God. And I'm going to pound on that every opportunity I get. Praise God. I'm going to climb over a pew. I'm coming after you. I want you to come with me. I, let's make this journey together. God's got great things up his sleeve and more than that. You, you know why I know that? Because the Bible talks about the stretched out arm of God. That God rolled up his sleeve and he stretched out his arm. I wonder what God's been up to today for all of us that we have not even experienced yet because we have put some kind of limitation and the limitation can be in our mind or it can be in our worship or it can be in our spirit. Whatever area it is, I want to take the restraint off. And I want this to be a year of Holy Ghost expectation and Holy Ghost power 
and Holy Ghost hunger. Oh, yes. I want it to be a, a year when we are so excited about the opportunity of coming into the house of God. Praise God. That church starts out in the parking lot. Wouldn't it be great one Wednesday night you drive up and about the time your foot hits the pavement out there, the Holy Ghost. Wouldn't it be be unbelievable if somebody, the Holy Ghost just overshadowed and overpowered you out there? Oh yeah, wouldn't it be great if the miracle started on the way to church rather than waiting until you got to church? Hallelujah. Hey, why don't you quit looking at him and start doing that yourself? Why don't you understand that God wants something out of me that I've not been given him? Hallelujah. Clap your hands and let's praise him. Hallelujah. 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 My God, I love you. I praise you. I worship you. I magnify you. I exalt you. I bless you. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. You know what? I don't believe that spiritual life exists just in the realm of excitement but I do believe the spiritual realm is exciting it's electrifying amen and wouldn't it be great if instead of waiting to church that revival broke out on the way to church instead of us cussing and fussing and carrying on like we sometimes do on the way to church that we just started singing ahead of time. Mm, God's been good. He's really been good. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, hallelujah. You know what I want? I want church where we don't have to come to church to get churched up, but we're churched up before we get to church. So when we walk through those doors, we can really have church. (laughs) Ah, yes, 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 yes. Amen. I don't want to limit God. Everybody say that with me. I don't want to limit God. I want to be able to see what God is seeing for our church this year. I want to be able to see what God has in planned or has planned for my family and for my my future. I I want to let God have an open door. Amen. Because the Bible says that he can do exceeding abundantly above What? What word? What word? All. A-L. What does that mean? Everything? Some things? Everything. 
that he can do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or even think. You know what would be great? Have a mind-blowing revival. I mentioned a hippie revival Sunday night. I want a mind-blowing revival. Praise God. Amen. You see, it pleases God to see the faith of his church robust and strong. God is not pleased when we come dragging in and we barely make it from Sunday to Wednesday and then from Wednesday to Sunday, God forbid if we were to miss a weekend, we might just fall off the map. Amen. God's not pleased with me living like that. God wants my faith to be strong. He wants my faith to be uh, pumped up, built up. He wants my faith to be on the top level. As much faith as I can muster up. He's pleased with that. And the Bible says that God is moved by those things. He, the Bible says that you can't, you can't please God without faith. And so in Isaiah 54, God lays out a prescription for a breakthrough. And this is one thing that you and I have to understand clearly about a breakthrough and whatever that breakthrough might be. You cannot have a breakthrough and be satisfied. You cannot have a breakthrough and be one of those people that fold their arms and said, well, God, anytime you get ready, a breakthrough comes when people are reaching and hungering and praying and expecting. Amen. And so God, in a very simple way, lays out a prescription and what precedes a breakthrough, what has to be in place for a breakthrough to happen. And there are four words that he uses here that I want to become words that define my life. Four words that when I read them, they challenge my mind. And I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I've read Isaiah 54, but I tell you, that every time I read Isaiah 54, there's something about the words of that chapter and the words of those verses that challenge my mind and they challenge the status quo of my life and they challenge the spirit of mediocrity that I sometimes get into and they challenge and stimulate my spiritual appetite because all four of these words are words that I can incorporate into my life. They are not beyond me. They're not more than I am capable, but they invite me. They call me to a better future. They tell me that if you'll do this, you're going to have a breakthrough. 
Amen. Words that call us and cry out to us to get out of mediocrity. And I want these words to become part of the makeup of my spiritual life for 2014. I want you to write them down. I want them to come etched in your mind. We may even get some banners and put them up around here to remind us on a regular basis. But I want these, I don't want this to be one Wednesday night sermon and you file it away and forget and not next week something else. But next week I want it to be on your mind and the week after that and February and March and April and May and June and July. I want these four words to be foremost in our mind and I want them to push me to do what God is calling me to do. And I want the mindset that these four words suggest. A mindset that is in response to the promise of God. And the promise of God is for more. Everybody say for more. More. God wants more for Greater Life Church. He wants more for me in my spiritual life. He wants more for me in every dimension of my life. And so I want this mindset. I want, I want this attitude. I, I want this outlook about everything in life. One writer said two men looked out of prison bars. One saw mud, but the other saw stars. You and I are going to see what we're looking for, but more than that, what we see is going to determine what we get in our life. We need this kind of perspective. We need to embrace it. It's a revival philosophy. It's a breakthrough philosophy. It's a revival mindset. It's a spiritual mindset and a perspective about God and what he wants to do. And it is actually a preparation on my part for what God has purposed to do in my life. God, listen to me, God will not give us what we do not prepare for. So if you don't want 2014 to be any different than any other year of your life, don't do don't do diddly. I won't use that other word, but don't do anything. You just fold your arms, pick your teeth. But I'm telling you, you better watch out because somebody's going to run over you. Or somebody's going to get your seat. Because I believe there's some people around Greater Life Church that are hungry. Because they know that there's more. There's more revival. There's more souls. There's more room. There's more growth. There's more of everything that God has for our church. And there is such an insatiable hunger in me for that more of God that I want to do whatever I've got to do to get myself to that place of more. Amen. I want more. Everybody say that. I want more. Oh, let me rephrase that. If you really want more, say it. If you don't want, don't say it because God ain't going to give you what you don't prepare for. Pardon my poor English, but he ain't. I want more. I want more. I want more. I want more. 
And so God gives four words. And it becomes the vision. It becomes the driving force behind everything that we do. Whether it's revival or personal growth or blessing, expectation precedes explosion. If you want an explosion, there's going to have to be an expectation. And so God began to talk to me weeks and weeks ago. I don't even know how long ago all of this started. But these four words keep coming back to my mind. And they keep speaking to me. And they are step-by-step divine intent that if you and I will do them, they will move us from mediocrity to abundance. They will move me from barrenness to fruitfulness. They will move me from struggling to breakthrough. If I will simply incorporate these words into my life and start not just saying them, but doing them and living them. I was praying this week, and the Lord, I've been praying about prayer, the, pray, the power of prayer. Where, what, what's the real power of prayer? We talk about how powerful prayer is, but what is the real power of prayer? It's not in what you say. It's not in how you pray. It's not in your posture. The real power of prayer is in what you do when you get through praying. Because most people, prayer to them is getting something off their chest and saying, okay, God, that's it. Go do it. And God started talking to me. He said, the real power in prayer is not in what you say, but in what you do when you get through praying or when you get through saying. And he took me back to the Lord's Prayer. And I don't remember if it's Luke or, or, or Matthew or Mark, but one of the writers, I think it was Matthew, added this addendum to the Lord's Prayer. And thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. God said that is how you get up from prayer. When you have talked to me and you have laid out your needs and your petitions and your requests and all of that, if you don't get up with this mindset that, my, that thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, that prayer isn't going to be anything more than just a waste of your time. But if you want an answer to that prayer, then when you get up from that prayer, you get up and start acting on that prayer. You start living in that prayer. You start speaking in that prayer. You start worshiping in the atmosphere of that prayer. That's where the power of prayer is because that's where the answer is found. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So God revealed his divine intent at how our progress should be ordered. Four simple things. Are you ready for them? Number one, the word is enlarge. Everybody say enlarge. Come on, say it like you mean it. Enlarge. Enlarge. 
That means to make room for increase. Amen. To make room. You know, some of us, I don't know how to say this. I don't want to be crude tonight. It would do some of us good. Let me, let me say it like it. It would do some folks good if they would do a little trash cleaning because there's a lot of junk that's cluttering up space that God would like to occupy in our life. We need to take the trash out and make room because we got too much garbage in our life. But more than that, we need to look at expanding what we've got. Amen. I don't ever want to get to the place. We're not close to filling this building up. But you know what? I already have plans for the next phase. Because I believe that sooner or later, God is going to do just that. He's going to help us fill this place up. And if he... I'm not waiting for God to do it before I move to that next phase. I'm just expecting God to do it and I'm making plans for that next phase right now. You, you cannot have revival and not have that kind of mindset. You've got to make room for more. You've got to make room for increase. You've got to make room by broadening your scope Go through life, and this is all we see. It's called tunnel vision. That's all we see, just our little world. And we wonder why we stay frustrated all the time. We need God to take those blinders off so we can see that there's a whole lot more here possible if we could just broaden our scope. I'm tired of my four and no more. You ever get tired of coming to church and looking on your pew and seeing empty places? Am I the only one that ever feels that way? Then you know what? I need to make room. I need to do something about it. Amen. Broaden, grow wide. The word means amplify or develop my potential. We, he wills that we should grow. Individually and corporately, it is my desire to see us grow. Spiritually, biblically, principally, scripturally, every way possible. Mentally, emotionally, socially, I want us to grow, increase. I want us to make room. I want us to make room for people that are not like us. Amen. Well, I better go on. Enlarge. Everybody say enlarge. I know there's other things. We'll go to those later, but enlarge. The second word is stretch. Stretch, something some of us haven't done in a long time. And we're so tight. You know what happens when you don't stretch your muscles? They atrophy. They shrink up. Calves. I remember when I had to go through therapy after my first surgery. And 
they gave me these exercises to do, and they were so painful. And I said, man, why are they, why is this hurt so bad? She said, because your, your muscles, because you haven't been using them, they have atrophied and they've, they, they've tightened up and we gotta, we gotta break them loose. Sometimes churches like this, you know, we, we got our little program and if we veer off of our program, it just, we, 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 some people can't handle that. You know what? This is just a guideline. This isn't, this isn't God. This is just what we're using to get to God. Sometimes God wants me to tear up my program because he's got something better in mind. So I'm not limiting God to this. I'm saying, God, whatever you've got, I want to stretch myself this year because I want it. I'm tired of my atrophied spirit and my atrophied attitude. I want to stretch my spiritual soul. I want to reach for more than I've ever reached for. It, this particular principle speaks of the concern that God wants us to have toward the work of God. It means to take our lives in certain directions. Outward, downward, upward. Three dimension. The Hebrew word speaks and the word is three dimensional. Outward, downward, upward. Stretch. That's a pretty good exercise. Some of you are not smiling. Is that a, this exercise, is that a curse word? Amen. Oh, come on. Let's stretch. Everybody say stretch. You know what God's going to challenge some of you to do? To stretch out of your comfort zone. Yes. He's going to push you. The Holy Ghost is going to nudge you. You know how I know that? Because God's already given me another message about what he does to his people to get them to the next place he needs to take them. And every time God begins to move, progress is always a painful process. Always. So I need to stretch. Everybody say stretch. That means to hold nothing back but to bend toward. It is actually the posture of expectation and hunger. It means to extend toward and to go beyond wherever you've gone before. Amen. Everybody say stretch. This year I'm going to stretch myself. I'm going to get out and do things I've never done for the church before. Novel idea, I'm going to take my Bible and go teach somebody a home Bible study. Amen. Oh, me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Good preaching, Brother Hughes. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and go visit some folks and see if I can't round up some new faces and new people. I'm going to stretch myself. When they asked me, would you be interested in helping us in this ministry? Oh, no, I don't do that kind of thing. Why not? Why not try? 
He said, well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's a not, that is not a true statement. My brother's told you the story. I'm going to remind you. My mom had an old poodle. I mean an old poodle. Didn't even have any teeth in its head. And we taught that dog some new tricks. We taught her how to roll over on the floor by command, not by accident, and do several other little things. You ain't too old to learn something new. He said, well, Hughes, I've been coming to church like this all my life. This is all I've ever known. Well, how about this year being something you've never known before? How about this being a breakout year? Amen. Oh, how about us? How, how about it? How about us stretching ourselves some? Woo! I knew it was going to be tight tonight because there's some muscles around here that hadn't been used in a while. And so they're going to have... But, but we're going to get there. I'm not going to beat you up tonight. I'm just going to tell you, we're going to be stretching ourselves. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because the pastor asked me to do it, but I'm going to do it before I'm through because I see the need to do it. Amen. Everybody say, spare not. Number three. Spare not. That means to not restrain, to not hold anything back, to give it everything you've got. Lock, stock, and barrel, whatever that means. Amen. Spare not. It is a life that is not lived on the fringe or on the edge but in the middle. It's not a life that is built and lived in the shallows. Well, I'm, you know, Brother Hughes, I'm, I'm, I'm happy in my walk with God. I'm, 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 I'm okay. You've been too happy in that shallow end. There's a lot more to God that if you just Go a little deeper. Amen. It means to not be stingy or tight-fisted. Oh, get this one. It means that you are not hard to move. That it doesn't take us singing that same chorus 43 times for me to finally say, well, you know what? I better get up. I better get with it. Amen. Oh, I knew you was going to like this tonight. Spare not. I don't want to be hard to move this year. More than that, I don't want to be hard to convince of what God Come on now, folks. Come on. Let's worship God. God wants to do it. Come on. Please. Sometimes I feel like I'm a cheerleader, and sometimes I'm sure the others feel the same way, that we're trying to beg somebody to do something that they ought to already know that if they'll do it, it will have great dividend. Oh, God, let me not have that attitude this year. Let there be something in me that's so hungry that if you just move in the, in the back pew, I feel it on the front pew. That if you just move in the west wing, I feel it in the east wing. Amen. 
It means to not be reluctant. Amen. Or miserly. That's one of those weird. uh, I don't even want to stay there. Bible says be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer. Thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. I want that kind of spirit this year. I don't want to. Spare anything. You know what? I don't want a church service to go by where I go home and I say, man, I wish I had, I wish I'd really done what I felt the Holy Ghost prompting me to do. I I wish I'd obeyed God tonight. I wish I'd have really worshipped the way I felt God drawing me to worship. I don't want to go home one service this year and feel like I have not offered to God my very best. Spare not. And the last word really is probably the most important of these four words because without this word, the other three are impossible to sustain. And that word is strengthen strengthen I'm not interested in emotionalism I'm interested in a move of God I'm not interested in excitement I'm not interested in us going through spiritual calisthenics to where we use music and moods and lights and all the other things that can influence my my spirit I don't want to use that to get me into a frame of mind where I start believing God to do something. I don't want my my attitude or my spirit or my hunger, my stretching, my not holding anything back my enlargement, my growing, my expanding, my broadening. I don't want any of that to be done at the expense of this last word and that strengthen. Because my my spiritual building is no stronger than the foundation upon which it is built. And so... In order to have revival and a breakthrough, I don't have to compromise one spiritual principle in order to have it. I don't have to compromise one ounce of truth. I don't have to compromise one statement of faith. I don't have to to compromise my stand of, of principle and righteousness and holiness. I don't have to compromise any of that to increase or grow or enlarge or see the blessings of God. I don't have to do that. I am called to literally strengthen those things. Fasten it down. Amen. Folks, listen to me. I give as far as I'm giving. I'm not giving up anymore. I don't believe that our stand on righteousness and godliness and the way we present ourselves to the world, 
I don't believe that we have to give any of that up. And I will tell you, I've given up all I'm giving up on that. I'm not moving away from what I know the Bible speaks to me about concerning righteousness and my stand before God and how I present myself to a world that I am a reflection of him. He said, you are not your own. You are bought with a price. You are my temple and you represent me. I want to represent him this year in a way that is befitting a holy God, a righteous God, a loving God, a pure God. That's how I want to serve him this year. And I don't believe that I have to give up anything in my spiritual life to accomplish those other things. But I want to become strong. I want to be more resolved. I want to be more firm not mean. There's a great difference between being firm in your belief and mean in your belief. My pastor used to tell me when I was growing up, he said, you can take a nice piece of steak and you slap somebody on the face with it and say, eat this. This is good for you. He said, you can grab them by the neck and you can say, open your mouth. You're going to get this one way or the other. Or he said, you can take that same piece of meat and you can put it on the grill and, and cook it just right and put it on a table with a little side of baked potato. Oh, what I wouldn't give for a baked potato right now. I haven't had one in nine months, six months, whatever, since June, July last year. You know I'm hungry right now. I'm going that way. But he said you can take that same piece of meat, the same piece of meat, and present it in the right way, and they'll devour it. So we don't have to be mean with our gospel. We don't have to be condescending to people with what we believe. We don't have to go to people and say, you don't know anything about God. You go to people and say, you know what? That's great. I know you know that much. I know that, but hey, let me tell you, God wants to show you there's a little more. Amen. But I want to strengthen the stakes of this, I, the foundation. I want to make sure that the foundation of revival is built on the right things. Amen. And so the word that God gives me for this year is you need to strengthen those things that are within. And you need to strengthen the stakes of your life. Because the only way you can really sustain enlargement and the only way you can sustain sparing not is to drive those stakes a little deeper. Amen. I want to strengthen my grip on truth. Without this, all of the other things would fall. I don't have to compromise my position for greater possession. Amen. Let's stand together. Everybody say more. 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 More.
I want more. I want more. Amen. I feel like that little, that little kid with his mother one day visiting these ladies and lady wanted to be nice to him and she fixed him a, a nice ice cream cone and he just <laughs> grabbed it out of his, her hand and just started devouring it. And it kind of embarrassed the mother and she kind of whacked the kid on the head and said, what do you say, son? And by that time, that, that thing about half gone. <laughs> he just shoved that half empty, uh, more. <laughs> that's what I want. I don't want to be that crude, but that's the way I feel tonight. I want more. I, I, I'm, I don't mean this in a bad way because I love you, but I want to see more than just you. I want to see more of you. Hallelujah. Amen. More. More. I want to see God bless you in greater ways. More than you've ever known. More than you've ever thought he could do. I want him to take you to places you've never been before. Amen. I want God to take me in that spiritual journey from barrenness to fruitfulness. From woe to singing. Amen. More. Amen. More, more, more. More of you. Oh, Lord. Yes, more of you. Oh, hallelujah.